0: Storymakers I'm Angie Powers I'm Elizabeth Stark And and this this is Storymakers Storymakers Show Show.
1: And we are so excited to be here with Debbie Laskar Woohoo! Who last was on Storymakers Show for episode 61 When her her first chapbook of poetry came out And we are so excited to have her here for the launch of her debut novel So uh, we'll get more more bio in a minute But welcome Debbie Thank you (laughs) Um so, here it is. Here's here are the details. Devi S Lascar, and that's important if you go to look you up on the internet. You know, <laughs> Use you with any other Devi Lascar. <laughs> <laughs> is a native of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. She holds an MFA from Columbia University, where we might have met, an <laughs> MA in South Asian Studies from the University of Illinois, and a BA in Journalism and English from the UNC C.H., which is University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Correct. A former newspaper reporter, she is now a poet, photographer, and artist. Her work has appeared or is forthcoming from such journals as Rattle, Tin House, and Crab Orchard Review. She has been nominated for a Pushcart Prize and Best of the Net. She is an alumna of both the Op-Ed Project and VONA, among others. In 2017, Finishing Line Press published two poetry chapbooks, counterpoint press will publish her debut novel the atlas of reds and blues on february 5th 2019 which is like it's just around the corner just around the corner and she now lives in california so okay. yeah so are yes. you nervous much
2: yeah <laughs> a little a little i'm 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 surprised um i was uh counting back in my calendar, and it turns out it's just been a year since I was first offered the book contract and got an agent. So this has been a very fast year. It's a whirlwind.
1: Yeah. Very exciting.
2: <laughs> that resembles um, a Tasmanian devil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're going to dig into all of that. We're going to quickly check in with what we're up to. And we'll say that this is going to be a little bit backwards because um we're gonna we're we're flip it flopping episodes so anyway but here we go what are you working on Ange? staying upright (laughs) (laughs) do you want to you want (laughs) to add to that
0: um no i'm working actually on um a couple of different small but again professional projects and um you know Keeping those film festival
1: applications going. Rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling, rolling. And we, we, we won't even, well, you've been thinking more about your experiments too, right? Yes. I don't know. We'll talk about you it. You have finally. experiments? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Angie's been doing sort of experiments each. Well, I'm some- wanting
0: to, I'm essentially just reframing the idea of making art into experiments. So that is like, you know, instead of having a, uh, you know, I wrote a short story and I couldn't, um, get it published it's i was experimenting with some ideas in short story and so maybe it didn't succeed
2: <laughs> i see
0: or my yeah. hypothesis wasn't accurate or something like that
2: or, so perhaps like- the next thing is that you're going to take your experiment that didn't succeed in the short story form and turn it into a short film well there you go so there you go
0: but it's about the idea of starting with a hypothesis. And using that to move forward rather than focusing on, am I a good human being who deserves to live?
2: I I see. (laughs) Whatever works. Yes. And what about
1: you, Elizabeth? Well, I had a good conversation with my agent yesterday and she um, and I got notes actually from an intern and basically I have, you know, this one last kind of chunk to edit hopefully I mean one never knows because you, you move one thing and then everything else kind of tumbles like dominoes but um, I'm feeling very excited and optimistic and like we're moving towards something that's going to be much more propulsive and focused so so I'm happy again I'm not waiting anymore I'm back to working and I just like working so much better than waiting
2: mm-hmm Awesome. That's really good news. Yeah. So, how about you, Debbie? What's on your plate? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Um, I just uh, found out that Highbridge Audio, who is doing the audiobook, um, it is up on their site now. And wow. they actually, um, uh, they actually, uh, put a new cover up so it's pretty and it's different yeah so uh that was uh, that was my happy surprise for today
1: (laughs) um so i know the book is coming out um here in the u.s and then also in the u.k
2: do they have the same art for the cover in the u.k (laughs) So they do have the same art for the ebook and the trade paperback that's coming out in February. And then I'm assuming that they're going to keep it. They really like the cover as much as I do. Um, Nicole Caputo did the artwork for, uh, counterpoint and it's gorgeous. Right. And it's yeah. got my owl who I love. And so, um, I'm really happy they, they decided to stick with it. Um, the hybrid audio, apparently uh, when you have the audiobook covers, they usually do change. So I didn't know that, but I was very happy with what they put up there. So when you get a chance, you should look.
1: I'm excited. They probably are thinking more. I mean, I guess everybody has to think about this to some extent, but about like small, like the small square mm-hmm. that people yes. are going to be
0: like clicking on or whatever. With their phone. and They're just yeah. like. Psh, 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 psh.
1: like it, has to, it has to function in a different way.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it has to also stand out because I think the cover of the book is so um, it's intense, you know, (laughs) and um, it's an intense blue with an intense red in it, you know, so um, that I, I feel like they had to do something a little different to just sort of you know, you know, be able to wave and go, Yeah, we're here. We're here. We have an audiobook. So,
0: um <laughs> Well and... now you're making it sound like it was like uh they changed the red and blue to like mauve and a kind of <laughs> neon, non non committal gray oh, and <laughs> I
2: was thinking, neon. I was like, hi, we're here. Yeah. No, I, I would like to say that the blue is very beautiful. It's more Tealish, though. And, um, like and then the red is, is more, um, I wouldn't say it was fire engine anymore. So, um, so it's, it's different, but it's beautiful. So I'm really excited. Um, and, uh, I'm, I, and also, the cool thing about it is uh, they were able to provide a sample. So the young lady who read the book, um, you hear you hear her read the opening, and it's it, that's pretty exciting and surreal um, yeah. to hear your words being read by someone else. Yeah, that is so cool. Yes, <laughs> and that's
0: the, a real skill to do that well. And uh, so that that must have been amazing to hear.
2: Yeah, it was really interesting and it's um it it was not how I pictured my voice would sound. Okay. But but you know, um but it sounded great, you know, like it was fine. I just was like, "Oh, I wouldn't have sound I didn't feel like that's how I would have Sounded, but I guess I don't know, you know, so So. you don't get to direct it is what. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but um, well, it shouldn't necessarily sound like you or no, you know, but still think (laughs) about it. Right. You have the like that person is making their own interpretation. Like that's part of what they're bringing to it. And you could write a sentence where you really had a sense of the rhythm and they picked out a different rhythm. (laughs) Yeah to share and that could be really like what yeah
2: yeah someone
1: else is doing a cover of your book
2: right someone else is doing a cover of my song yeah yeah and so um yeah so I okay I'm gonna sit down and if something messes up we'll tell you then tell me (laughs) (sighs)
1: um So, uh, just to stay on this train for a moment, you've been getting a ton of excitement and advanced attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you've done at least, have you done like one other interview or you already done a few or?
2: I've done a couple. Uh, So, um, I was interviewed uh, for. the uh, San Jose Mercury News, and that's going to come out, uh, I suspect, in the coming week, and um, and then uh, something uh, appeared already in the Atlanta Journal Constitution, um, but it wasn't about really about me. It was about the book, which yeah. is which is great. Had you spoken with the person? No, I just know her to be a novelist uh, She's written uh, she The person who did the review Actually has written this really great book It's called Unmarriageable And it uh, it's Pride and Prejudice set in Pakistan Wow <laughs> Yeah
0: fabulous. So you are part of a number Of writing communities And so How has it been to go through this process uh, You know, with the different friends and and colleagues that you've made along this particular path because uh you're
2: very you're a hub i'm and- i'm a workshop junkie but thank you for calling yeah. me a hub
1: <laughs> well i always i always say you know you you were the model for social media right? like before. you kept in touch with everybody before there was an easy way to do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> well thank you uh well, it's, it's been weird. Um, I love it. You know, it's been really um, surprising, not, not because I didn't think they would, but I was just really touched and moved by how, how um, supportive everyone's been, you know, and how they're all rallying and cheering. And I, I wasn't really uh, expecting that. So it's a nice, happy surprise. And, um, uh, and it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful. Like I said, um, a year ago I, I didn't have any of this. So, um, I haven't had really a lot of time to like, um, absorb it. And it's still very fresh to me because, um, yeah, until about two days ago, I kept sending, um, emails to the, uh, agent in the, uh, editor and saying a year ago i still hadn't met you <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell that
1: story a little bit
2: like uh sure sure i'm happy to so um i wrote um uh i wrote this uh the premise of this book is it was actually a short story back in 2004 elizabeth made me um uh, <laughs> we, uh, we were both going to Squaw Valley for, and for me for the first time, and I was going to dust off an old short story, and she said no, and I said, all I'm doing these days is taking care of the kids and the dog, and she said, okay, right about that, <laughs> and so, um, so then I wrote a 5,000-word short story that had super short chapters because I was trying to get everything in and um and my uh workshop group at squaw valley like there were a couple people who really liked it and then everyone else was sort of "Eh." and which is fine and that's Um, when you knew (laughs) (laughs) that's when i knew i knew it was gonna happen and uh And I worked on it for several more years, and then I put it aside in 2009 to uh, work on the book that I've uh, now come back to. And then, as you know, um, I lost everything in the raid in 2010, and so I didn't actually go back to this book. Just to say, so this was the Georgia
1: Bureau of Investigation raiding your family home.
2: Correct and confiscating, among other things, my computer. And um, and although that stuff cleared up, you know, it took six and a half years. They still haven't returned our stuff. So, so I had to really. They're reading it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Um, uh, As long as they don't plagiarize it. I I
0: was gonna say, like, there's gonna, you know, there's gonna be like some novel coming out of some (laughs) southern writers, like, you know. the wife of some raid guy right just like no i totally thought of this in my own
2: (laughs) right right so we um so i did come back to it um and i came back to it in 2014 and um and also thanks to elizabeth i finished at the end of 2016 and then i tried really hard to um to find a home for it and nobody wanted it and um uh, so then what happened was I put it in a shelf metaphorically because it's all on my I computer. I want to say this, it's,
1: it's a very it's experimental It is. And it is. I mean it has comps. I don't know, there was an article about how the, I don't know if you saw it but about how the kind of the requirement that everything have comps mm-hmm means yes. that um a lot of well it means a lot of white people get comped a lot and then that may, leads to more white people and it leads to less originality and in other ways and in all sorts of ways but this right. is a, so this is an exper- experimental book i know you've talked about like um sandra cisneros uh, house on mango street is a model uh jenny offal's um department of speculation had similarities um, right you know. um
2: uh then there's Citizen by Claudia Rankin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But both of those, the last two came out really after you wrote it. So yes. Um the bulk of my work was done by the time um uh Jenny offal's book came out. And um, you know, Sandra Cisneros' book came out in I think 1984. <laughs> that so, was out, right
0: so how yeah. much of your novel did you have done by then uh, but i guess what uh, i'm saying is there's a difference
1: between a book that is a model like house on mango street and a book that is a comp. sibling like uh, you know or right. comp right
2: exactly. Right. but in right. any
1: case i guess
0: i'm just i'm i'm curious if if you think i that, actually think we might want to take a quick second and talk about comps okay. a little bit I think sure. there's an assumption that we totally know what we mean when we say are right. looking so for co- a comp. Comparative
1: but- titles are titles that are successful, although you don't want it to be like, it's Harry Potter in short chapters. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, you don't you don't, in other words, you don't want it to be so oversized that it's like everybody's using it as a comp. But they're books that really, I think, help publishers to make business guesses about something that is not really in a way that um, quantifiable, you know, which is what mm-hmm. books people are people going to love? And so you right. say, well, the people who loved Department of Speculation and House on Mango Street or, you know, and or a Citizen will love this book, you know. We, Correct. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's right. like, how do you get eggs to eggs, apples to oranges, whatever. Right. So that, right. That's a comparative title.
2: Right. And um, and then, you know, over the years, I've read... Other works that you know um, helped con- uh, consolidate my position that these short chapters were the way to go. Um, so, for example, I read Mary Robeson's um, novel uh, "Why Did I Ever,"
0: hmm. and
2: it has super short chapters, and they they are numbered like Blewett's is numbered. Uh, the the work by Maggie Nelson that I love and then um there were other um more it's
1: is blue it's is maybe considered poetry no.
2: it's considered poetry but it's also considered non-fiction okay. right and um and then you know um like, Valeria Luiselli wrote this really great nonfiction book called um, Tell Me How It Ends. And it's an essay in 40 questions. And so that's very different, right? And so, you know, I read that and I was like, oh, great. You know, somebody else is breaking out of the mold. And so this sort of gave me more permission to kind of stick stick to my guns and you, not which change you really it.
1: really did. And I just want to, like, really laud you for that. Because, you Thank know, even you. I was like, well, maybe it should be longer and maybe... And, and you were like right. no even you even i mean <laughs> only i anyway. no you were not alone i am so daring and speculative <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think it's really exciting to see the you know the storm of energy brewing behind it now after after the kind of you know the right. long road so anyway back to your your journey oh
2: yeah so back to my story so so basically for a year it it sat metaphorically in my computer. And then um, a friend of mine, um, who I really only knew through social media, but knew her to be this fantastic poet. And, um, but I met her at a, at another friend's reading. And she was like, whatever happened to your book? And I said, Oh, nobody wants it. I've stuck it in a drawer. And, and she was like, Oh, well, you know, I'd love to read it. And I was like, okay, you know, um I learned uh from our writing colleagues that when someone asks to read your work, you say yes and you get it to them and not before the new millennia. And so <laughs> and um and so I um and then as I was promising to send it to her, she goes, Oh, by the way, I don't read on my phone or computer. I want a hard copy. And I said, Okay, fine. So, of course, I went home and tried to print it out right then. And my printer was dead. And so I called Staples and they printed it. And then I sent it off. And then I heard nothing. And this was about three weeks before Thanksgiving. And so then Thanksgiving came and went and Christmas came and went. And now it was New Year's and I was on the East Coast visiting my family. And then I got an email and she said, I love your book can I show it to someone and I said sure and then nothing
0: <laughs> um, no it's the, then, all that nothing in between so, that just so kills you right? it feels like maybe a writing career is a bit like matter and that it's primarily <laughs> space yes. and then with the occasional spots
2: yes that's exactly what it is <laughs> and then so then nothing for like, um, oh gosh, uh, 10 days or so. And so now I'm in Mexico at a writing conference because I'm a workshop junkie and I don't have my computer. I just have my phone. And now I get a message back from my friend that the people that she's shown it uh, would like to read it electronically, which I can't do from where I am. (laughs) So I'm sitting there like in Mexico going, how am I going to do this? Uh, Because I can't wait another week. And um, then I was like, Staples. So I contacted (laughs) Staples and they were like, yes, we still have your file. And I'm like, great. Can you please send it electronically to this address? And so they did. And then nothing. And then I came back from Mexico and it was uh, the um, one year anniversary of, uh, you know, the Orange President's inauguration. And at that point, uh, I heard back saying, "Uh, can you give us a little bit more context for the novel? And, And so I sent them a little note and then nothing. (laughs) <laughs> and then a week later, I got a note saying, we'd love to speak to you. And then and that was on a third day. from the head
1: day. of this press, of your press. Of your yes, press.
2: this is from the head of the press. And then the next day, my wonderful editor, uh, Jennifer Alton, called me and we talked in the morning. It was on a Friday. And then she said, um, I'll get back to you. And then Friday night, she said, "Go round yourself up an agent because uh, we're going to make you an offer on Monday." And that was that. So
1: so exciting! And actually, Jenny, your editor, your editor is coming to Sonoma County Writers Camp in April. Oh, that's so wonderful for, to be on the and uh, industry experts panel. So oh, that's
2: be here. so wonderful! I'm so glad to hear that she is a dream. Yeah, I'm
0: excited to we'll get the story from her point of view. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So now the important thing is, what are the top three things you wish you had known before you got this
2: offer? Um, in terms of what?
0: Just you know, if-
1: like if you were gonna go back and give advice to yourself, uh, say a year and a half ago or two years ago. Oh. Uh, what are the three um, things you you know you wish you'd known?
2: Okay. Um, I think. I would have probably told myself to calm down, <laughs> and um, and also um, to um, to kind of take it like um, day by day. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I do. You know, I am a deadline girl. I'm you know um, a former reporter. I live for that deadline and. Um, it's, um, it's really hard for me to, uh, <laughs> to do work when I don't have somebody like barking for it, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and so, um, I, I, I just wish I could have told myself to just calm down and, um, and relax a little, um, and to, you know, just take it one day at a time, um. Like, I does do. Does that
0: song ever pop up into your head? Yes.
2: <laughs> Isn't the theme song to that show with um Valerie Bertinelli? Right, but the updated time?
0: version is Rita Moreno and it's it's um a Cuban yeah. family in LA and Gloria Estefan does the uh the revamped version of the One Day at a Time theme song. I have not heard it. I must go and find this right now. It's I know. So awesome. We might have to close with Why it. Why are you allowed to Oh, that to would know. be wonderful. <laughs> We're totally not allowed to do that, but we'll do it.
1: Or well, we could just do sing our own. <laughs> we'll link
0: to it in the show notes. <laughs> there you go.
1: Um, I can't believe it, but we are actually at Steal This. Oh wow! Um, so, but before we do that, just because I feel like we talked a lot about the exci- exciting journey and the excitement building about your wonderful book, um, and and since I know this is just the hardest thing in the world, and you're going to be getting to do it a lot, can you sort of tell our listeners
2: a little bit about the book? Oh, okay, <laughs> um, sure. So uh, this book is about, um, you know, in a nutshell, it's about cultural racism um but that sounds kind of um you know uh pompous so let's try (laughs) uh (laughs) the story is about a woman of color of indian origin who um who uh comes home one day after dropping off her kids at school and is shot in her driveway by the police and as she lay dying she um is thinking about all the parts of her life and that are important to her and how she came to be in this moment
0: yeah did you ever think of that as the title as i lay dying as she lay dying
2: <laughs> Just for a minute. <laughs> it's like, you know, that has a familiar ring to it. Can't quite place where I've heard it before, but it sounds really good.
1: Yeah. Well, southern literature.
0: There you, do you go.
1: Consider yourself a southern writer, part of the southern I do. tradition.
2: I do. Um, I know um many people have told me over the years, uh, before before I met you, um, that um that I didn't have the right to be a Southern writer because mm. I was a person of color mm. and, um, and I was not, um, you know, I was, you know, I spoke a different language. My parents came from somewhere else. And so, um, I, I really pushed back on that. Um, and I am definitely a Southern writer and I, I, if, even if no one else will include me, I'm going to include myself. So,
1: there you I, go. I I think that you will be included in the future, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, even Germany honors Kafka and, you know. Right. Know him, so, no they didn't really. <laughs> they didn't kill. Kill they had, him like, and it was really Prague, they only they killed his family. He had, he died on his own.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> that Let's yeah, let's make that difference. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> boy, uh. this podcast
0: sure just did take a turn there. <laughs> got dark. All I'm very saying very is dark. the future will recognize you. Yes. yes. That I have no problem with. The other thing I just actually wanted to quickly bring up is, you know, you were mentioning earlier the deadline piece, but you're a pretty prolific content generator. You definitely have built habits and produce, you know, what, a photograph a day. Basically, right. you have, you know, are there other habits that you hold like that around writing?
2: Um, well, yes. I, I mean, I feel like I get, I'm, I'm that person um, who, like, I get itchy and, um, uh, and, and sort of grumpy and upset if I am not doing something every day, you know. I mean, it doesn't have to be for very long because some days I just don't have it. I don't have the time, right? No, I mean, there are some days no one has the time. But because I've been doing art a day for, you know, um, almost eight years and um, and I know I have to put something out there every day and I, I'm doing my best to kind of follow that habit with my writing, even if it's like a line for a poem or a line for the novel or, you know, it, it doesn't have to be much, but I really have to stay on it because otherwise i just get really grumpy and i get grumpy to the point where i'm not very functional <laughs> in other aspects of my life so i i i try really hard to to keep to keep the train moving awesome so. all right it is
1: time for steal this amateur poets borrow professional poets steal t.s <laughs> Eliot said this and he wasn't the first um is there something you've come across in your readings and wanderings that you would like to take and make your own?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I um, I was just looking at uh, – there's these two poetry books. Uh, one's by Eve Ewing, and it's called Electric Arches. And the other one is by Banu Kapil, and it's called The Vertical Inter- Interrogation of Strangers. And both of them really play with form – um, they write really kick butt poetry, but they are really playing with how the words are placed on the page. Some of them are um geometric shapes, some of them are you know kind of resemble a cyclone um <laughs> and i I think that that's marvelous um and I can't wait to try my own as a for poetry or do you think you might your novel might be a- <laughs> I, you know, I the 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 novel that I lost in 2010. You know, I'm I've gone back to it, and I'm really toying right now with making it really different than than the uh, contract in blood that I signed with you guys for a book in a year. <laughs>
0: Ah, well there's nothing like resistance to it right to build creativity. She's like in fact the rest of it is going to be a series of pictures that I draw <laughs> and you just intuit the ending. And there I'm not go. only gonna draw them, but I'm gonna do it with my non-dominant hand.
2: So. There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a really good plan. I might I might try that first. <laughs>
0: All right, Ange, how about you? Um, I've been listening to this book called Living by Bets or something like that. I forget what it is. And this woman is a a grand champion poker player. And what she's doing is taking some of these uh, theories of... of, um, You know, some of it's game theory, some of it's kind of, you know, psychological dynamics and stuff. But... One of the things that she talks about is, you know, the notion of having a percentage of certainty. Rather than demanding that you're right, you are 90% sure that what you're saying is the right thing. And basically what ends up happening is it allows you more movement. It's easier to move from 90% sure to 50% sure than it is to move from right to wrong. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And um, yeah, she's got a lot of really fun stuff. Another thing she talks about is actually adding, like when someone says want to bet, that is one of the only times people will actually stop and reevaluate their own statements that will go out of our way to reinforce what we believe unless there's like a financial risk. So we have to stop and do a risk assessment. Otherwise nope i'm it's my way and 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 it doesn't matter your political bent that's true for everybody and so um right, so what are you
1: stealing here
0: so what i'm stealing is is actually <laughs> that that spectrum of certainty oh, i spectrum. love it so you're i love right that anymore. you only get to be 90 percent sure. well what's more important is you <laughs> don't get it right. <laughs> so so once you steal it, can I steal it from you? Yes. <laughs> but I'm I'm actually stealing it and applying it to someone else. I'm 90% sure you're wrong. <laughs> uh, yes.
1: All right. Well, I you know, I, I I was going to be in conversation with Rebecca Traster and then they pushed it off to the fall, but I meanwhile Oh I, no. Oh yeah, they can't. They've cancelled it. Her publicity. Anyway, it probably makes sense because poor thing was going to be like all over the place. But um, anyway, her paperback will be out in the fall and hopefully it'll happen then. But I was diving into her work and thinking about... Good and mad, right? um, What? Good and mad? Yeah. And thinking about just how good she is at... Being mad. (laughs) Narrating kind of a combination of um, history and... Fact and story
0: and self, you know, voice. I'm, I'll am i be interested to look at it. Do you guys remember that book, Women in Madness? You it, know, maybe. It was like really big in Santa Cruz and it was like it had been written maybe in the, in 90s, the 80s yeah. or yeah. something like that. And it was about... Anyway, so every time every time I hear "good" and "mad" or whatever, I keep thinking of women and madness. madness. <laughs> I just sort of what is that cultural moment where the conversation about women's stability <laughs>
2: starts coming back up again? <laughs> are you mad or are you it, crazy? It, right? <laughs> has it has it ever left really? Because every time a, a woman makes a, a, a valid argument. Uh, you know, isn't that the first thing someone says? I know. I
1: think it's it's more like whether women are up for in the conversation at all. Yes, is when 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 it, when it dips <laughs> when the conversation about whether about women's sanity and anger dips. It's because they're not talking about
2: women at all. Right. 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 <laughs> right.
1: I, I just thought um you know there I have a lot of ideas um that I that I would like to write about or talk about or anything that I don't really and so I thought like that you know that would be a great model. really. Well, I talk to you about them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but,
0: and, and you do talk to me about them. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, I often say things. Debbie's like, no, no, you really talk to me. I say
1: things ob- obliquely too. I mean, I do. Say, I talk yes. to them. I guess I talk to everybody. But I feel like you know, I'm. I more want to like r- rampage, and instead well, i I am rampage. so
2: excited to hear that you're going to rampage. <laughs> I have been waiting for. I think, 25 years now for you to rampage.
0: She'll smile as she's doing it.
2: <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, Debbie, tell people uh, where they can find you and your upcoming events and your book.
2: Right. Um, so you can find my book um, on the CounterPoint Press site and on the um, Little Brown UK site. But you can find everything in one place on my website, uh, which is devieslaskar.com
1: and um, and it will be in the show notes. Go on.
2: Yes, thank you. And, um, and so yes, my um, tech guru, who happens to be my teenage daughter, um, <laughs> did a fantastic job with my uh, website, And she put everything on that front page so uh, you can click for the launch information and also click to pre-order a book if you wish. And also um, there is an events page on the website so uh, we are rapidly filling that up and it looks like I'm hitting the road. Yeah, Ooh. you're gonna be you're
1: gonna be uh, launching in Mountain View on February fifth, and then you're gonna be around the Bay Area. You're gonna be also in the South In Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and yeah. in New York.
2: Yeah, and then and I then feel like Oregon. you'll be mentioning
0: that on your Twitter
2: feed. <laughs> Do I ha- have I been mentioning it? Um, I mean, that's a good place. No, to no, find I'm you. just that's saying that place there's a couple other you.
0: places to find you as well. So yes, oh
2: yes, yes. Social media. Um, so social media. I have. I have. Uh, Used the tech guru's uh, uh, information and blasted it out into Facebook world So um, and on Twitter. So uh, so yes, you can find me. Uh, I it, I am trying to be found at least. So. You,
1: you are everywhere. You're a hub. You're a hub. <laughs> and the book is ev- will be everywhere too. In your local bookstore, if you in your library, in your online uh, audio. So. Very exciting. I know. I'm <laughs> actually
0: really excited to hear that audio book, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I mean, I only heard the sample chapter. So I but I was delighted. I was like, oh, this is so different than what I was what I was thinking. So I, I'm always I'm all about being different. So this is i'm really excited to hear the whole thing
1: yay well we are so excited to be with
2: you at the launch of this adventure this next chapter and thank
0: you so much for joining us today oh
2: thank you so much for having me this is so much fun